Welcome to From Duck Till Dark, Outside the Marvel Studios. An audio celebration of the films based on Marvel Comics characters released before and during the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Enough said. Face front, true believers. This is George Soroy, and welcome to the latest edition of From Duck Till Dark, Outside the Marvel Studios. Brought to you by the National Podcast Post-Month Challenge, which is simply recording, editing, and posting a 10-minute long podcast every day for 30 days in November, right alongside National Novel Writing Month, which is very simply writing a 50,000-word draft of a novel in only 30 days. I must be a glutton for punishment because I am undertaking both of those challenges, especially considering uh, that the... The NaNoWriMo draft is being used for the second draft of Greater Glory, part three in the Excelsior journey. And the one thing that I'm really anxious for is to really kind of see that whole trilogy reach its completion so that way every the entire story of Excelsior can get out there the way that I always intended. Now, speaking of incomplete things being sent out there. Speaking of incomplete things being sent out into the world, it's a perfect segue to talk about tonight's subject because the last couple of movies I talked about were The Punisher from 1989, which had an international release but couldn't make it into U.S. theaters due to financial issues. And the other one was 1990's Captain America, which also had its own share of issues to the point where it sat on a shelf for about two years before it finally got sent out on video cassette in 1992. Now, this one, now for tonight's episode, the movie that's being discussed basically lapped both of them because at least they were finished films that were sent out to the public in some way, shape or form. The Fantastic Four, the 1994 infamous Roger Corman film that was shelved, couldn't even get that. They couldn't even get a finished film to its credit, which is a real shame because everyone involved, as Stan Lee himself had said, that everyone there acted and wrote and directed their hearts out. Stan was very quick to disown the Fantastic Four film as it was nearing completion in its shooting, which is perfectly understandable considering everything that was going on with this one. Because this whole project really started because a German producer by the name of Bernd Eigenger had gotten the rights and he had a script put together. And it was a script that was getting a lot of acclaim. A lot of people really liked the way that it came out. However, it was getting very, very close to the end of the five-year option, which meant that at the end of that option, the rights were going to revert back to Marvel. And Marvel was definitely anxious to get its hands back on all of its properties. And one, of, so what Eichinger did was he reached out to Roger Corman and asked if there was a way that a film based on the Fantastic Four a Marvel Comics property could be finished, could be fully completed, effects, shooting, everything, for about $1 million. Now, keep in mind that the Captain America movie that came out in 1992, that was filmed in 1990, only had about $3 million to work with. 
And so this is even less. And it was going to depend on a lot more visual effects than Captain America ever could have. At least Captain America had some action, but at the same time, it was very grounded. In With the Fantastic Four, you have all four of these characters with very special powers given to them through the cosmic rays that belted them while they were out in space. And so it was definitely a, a losing battle for this property. However, everyone, everyone that was in front of the camera, just like, just like what Stan had said, they gave it their all. So lots of kudos have to go to Alex Hyde-White, Rebecca Staub, Jay Underwood, and Michael Bailey-Smith for really just doing as, as much as they could to... So kudos to Alex Hyde-White, Rebecca Staub, Jay Underwood, and Michael Bailey-Smith, and director Ole Sassoon for doing everything that they could to see this project through and to do it justice. And they knew that this was, that this was a very, very interesting situation, having to, um, having to deal with a movie of this kind of scope with these kinds of effects. But at the same time, there wound up being quite a bit of heart that went into this one. And it, there's a lot of charm that went into this. And different things that were done were really kind of, that were basically made to cut corners, but at the same time, it was smartly written into the story itself, especially the costumes themselves, the actual costumes with the big four on them. That's right out of the 1961 comic, that look. And what they did was they basically had them looking like, like someone had just handmade them which is exactly the way it was in the story. It was Susan Storm who made these costumes. And so it needed to reflect that. And so, and so it was very, very smart on their part to set things up like that. Um, now, obviously, there were much bigger effects that did not, that did not hold up, um, especially everything regarding uh, the Human Torch when he was fully realized around the end of it when he was dealing with that laser that was coming down on him. It all came off as very, very goofy, but at the same time, it maintained this midnight movie-esque type of feel. It really did feel like it was one of those movies that Roger Corman would be putting out in the 60s and 70s out in drive-in theaters. It actually kind of matched well with the three movies that came before. They all had like this very kind of grungy midnight movie element, especially The Punisher and some of the sleazier elements of Howard the Duck and certain elements in Captain America that also felt like that. Here it is all over again. Also, big kudos have to go to Joseph Culp for realizing right away that the character of Dr. Doom needed to be played so far over the top that it's almost like it could not be contained by the big screen. And that was the kind of performance that he gave. And that's exactly what it needed. Now, obviously, it would have been great if they had been able to finish the film and then Joseph Culp can go back in and do some ADR work with, so that way we can understand his character a lot more because it's very, very muffled from behind that mask that he's got. So the movie had quite a bit going for it at the, 
and at the same time had a lot going against it. It's difficult to really kind of rank it amongst everyone else because the best thing that we got is a work print that was able to somehow get out into the world and into the bootleg market. I cannot do justice to the kinds of stories unfolding behind the scenes. So I will recommend you watch the documentary called Doomed. And it's all about the development, the shooting, and the shelving of 1994's Fantastic Four. There's so much that went into that. And I definitely agree with Jay Underwood when he said that if they had just been able to release it as it was, then it wouldn't have anywhere near the notoriety that it that it gained because it was it was locked away. It was the Snyder Cut before the Snyder Cut was cool. And so that's just what happens when it comes to movies like this, especially with beloved properties. There is when there is word and there is a feeling of there is a better movie in there somewhere then you want to see it realized. And that's really what we got with 1994's Fantastic Four. You got a little taste of what could have been. But at the same time, like it's I can't recommend it as a movie. I can recommend it as an experience. I can say do a double feature. You put on Doomed and then you show the movie itself right afterwards. So that way you can really, really appreciate everything that they had gone through to get that far into it. So if I were to rank the movies so far, because like we have, we have four movies that have done, that have uh, been done so far. The top one, I would have to actually kind of give it to Captain America. I thought originally that that one was going to be at the bottom, but there is something about that one that having revisited it, there is enough there I feel was really good stuff that I feel deserves a second look. I would put Howard the Duck underneath that as the number two, and I put The Punisher as number three, which I still enjoyed, and I would still recommend that one, but at the same time, the middle really does kind of lag. And then I would put Fantastic Four in 1994 underneath that. But that's not to say I wouldn't recommend it. I just, I can't recommend it because it's an unfinished film, but I can recommend that you see it as an experience. So like I said, Watch Doomed and then watch the 1994's Fantastic Four in the best possible format that you can. There's varying degrees of quality out there for, for the different videotapes, DVDs, even Blu-rays. It's, it's gone that far. So yeah, those are my thoughts throughout the first four. So now tomorrow, tomorrow is going to be a fun one because tomorrow we get to jump a little bit ahead to 1998, August of 1998 when a little-known character named Blade hit the big screen. And that changed everything forever. So I'm looking forward to your feedback. Please take a look at the site at uh, facebook.com slash from duck till dark. You'll see the poster there for Fantastic Four. You'll also see the posters for the other three movies that were covered. So please feel free to drop your, your, your thoughts, your comments about the movies themselves. If you like the show, would definitely appreciate any sort of likes, shares. If you have a five-star comment in you, that's always appreciated. You can go to he'sgotit.com slash podcast, and you can click on the Buy Me a Coffee link if you feel like you are getting uh, are getting your, your entertainment's worth. So, yeah, I'm having a blast doing this, and we are only getting to the beginning. 
of, of it all. So I am really looking forward to tomorrow's episode. And again, looking forward to your feedback. So until tomorrow, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, Ever Upward and Excelsior. I'll see you tomorrow.